Hey guys, welcome in to another 8th Wonder Podcast, your home for Houston Astros sports talk. My name is Josh Reese. I am your host. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Joshua. You can find the show on iTunes just by clicking subscribe by typing in the 8th Wonder Podcast. Uh, and that's, uh, that's pretty much all I want to plug. Well, no, I take that back. Uh, I got a bunch of stories up on hamiltonway.blogspot.com. Uh, a bunch of new Astro stories up from, uh, this week, this, uh, this week when I met with, uh, Jeff Luno and, uh, AJ Hinch. I don't want you to think I'm fancy. I didn't have a one-on-one with Jeff Luno and AJ Hinch, although I can, and I have before. This was more just a, uh, this was like a meet and greet kind of thing. Uh, they had an annual luncheon. They do this, uh, they do this every season. Uh, they they kind of meet with the media before the team goes out on into um, spring training. So I kind of switch up the podcast a little bit differently. Uh, we'll talk about news some, some other time. Not really too much news. I think they, um, Colin McHugh might have uh, signed a, uh, agreed to terms or something like that. But I, I don't want to break into it because I, I can't really remember all the news anyways. But today's podcast uh, is pretty much we're going to talk about uh, A.J. Hinch and what he talked to the media about. And since I don't know if everyone has heard, I doubt everyone has heard everything that A.J. Hinch has had to say uh, when he was at the media annual luncheon. So uh, I'm going to let you listen to that. And uh, we're just going to, after that, we're going to go by uh, through it point by point and uh, just talk about the, some of the things that he's talked about. So I'm going to shut the fuck up and I'm going to let you listen to AJ Hinch because he is a lot more intelligible than I am because I believe he went to Stanford. He had some smart coaches here in Houston. Stanford, uh, Brown for uh, Coach Coach um, Coach Bob over with the Texans. Uh, Bill O'Brien, and then Mike D'Antoni, oddly enough, uh, was going to be a doctor, but uh, yeah, I would think he went to two years of pre-med or something like that before he uh, turned in to be a head coach. Uh, but I digress. Josh, shut up. They want to listen to A.J. Hinch. So I'm shutting my mouth. Here goes A.J. Hinch. With your uh, improved depth, I mean, you can look at the like 25-man roster and probably almost matter mm-hmm. that. What will be the message to the A.J. Reeds and the Tuckers and some of the pitchers about what they have to do this year? Well, they have to be ready. Um, you know, and I understand a lot of our roster is, um, you know, looks set, but but things can happen. In, in <clears throat> Guys can earn at-bats. They can earn opportunity. We can, we can change the structure of our roster uh, if need be. Um, so, and, you know, this is what a, what, a, what a team going into the season that's, you know, profiled to be good, that, that has a lot of depth, is supposed to feel like. It, you know, it should be hard to crack our team. And, and so the message to the younger guys is going to be, you know, play as well as you can, make us make, us make a tough decision. Um, and if provided that we're healthy, we're going to need more than just the team we break with uh, to get through a season. Just the personality that I think we can have, and 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 the chance that we have to to win a lot of games. You know, I, I think you know every team's different. I say this every year that 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 no team is the same. So so the uh, you have to develop your own personality. You've got to develop your own culture. You got to develop your own expectations. Um, and this team has the the makings of a uh, of a team that'll get along, a team that that will fight together, and a team that'll that'll pay attention to details to win. Who will, Who will close? Yeah. 
Uh, probably all of them at some point. Um, but, you know, for the most part, the, the, the roles to be determined um, over time. I mean, obviously, if, if, if we're intact and, and we, have, we have our health and we have our, um, you know, our, our, everyone's pitching at the, at the levels of which we would expect, I'd expect a lot of what like it was last September. You know, I mean, it's not to say that Giles won't be brought in early, which is, which is something I think is the follow-up question. It's not as if Luke Gregerson won't close or Will Harris, you know, won't get a few opportunities. So um, I know defined roles are cool, and I know that the players like the preparation part of it. Um, the mindset for our players going in will be they just want to win as many games as we can. Who gets the 27th out um, will, you know, most likely be the same person over time, but not necessarily something I have to deal with now. What, the, what have uh, been top? the early returns on Keiko and McCullers? It's been very positive. Both of them have thrown off the mound a few times. Um, and, and I'm just as interested in their, um, in their psyche, in their confidence, in, their, in their, um, their happiness with where they're at. And both of them both looked the part and have expressed to me that they feel as good as they would expect at this time of year. Uh, still really early. They haven't, they haven't done a ton uh, to draw any sort of conclusion. But, um, you know, from the step-by-step-by-step process, uh, having a game plan as to when we're going to increase that intensity and get off the mound, maybe face a hitter, um, I'm glad that we that we're, we're we're nearing that. How will how will their their build up vary from previous years or from other? Uh, you know, we, well, the WBC throws a little bit of a wrench in this, is in that we have a little extra time. There's more workouts. There's a there's a few more games. Uh, we're there a little bit earlier, so on paper, it's going to look like they're they're probably starting a little bit later than than others, but um, they would still be scheduled out to have a normal spring, provided they answer the tests along the way. Given all the I don't know. We were pretty optimistic last year until seven and seventeen happened. Um, we, you know, I, I think there's just a general buzz and a general excitement because we've added some names. We've added some some credibility with some position on the position player side uh, to fill in some of the gaps on the guys that we've lost. Um, you know, we're going to miss the, the free agents that we lost, um, but we we responded by bringing in. Uh, some guys that have, have, have done some things in this game. Reddick's played a lot of playoff games. McCann has played in some, some huge markets and some really big games. Um, you know, Ioki's played in the World Series. They're, they're, you just can't uh, substitute that type of experience easily. You know, we pulled it off in one offseason and, and remade part of, our, part of the back end of our, of our batting order. But, um, you know, I think that optimism is, is pretty strong. What's the biggest thing you want to maybe see or figure out in the early days of camp? Just our health. I think, I mean, we're going to talk about it a ton because of the, you know, every time Keiko throws a ball or McCullers throws a ball, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of attention surrounding it. Um, and, and, and making sure that, that our guys that are leaving for the WBC are prepared and that when they return that we have a team intact and healthy and ready to go. You guys some big personalities. how important it was that, uh, you know, you reached out to McCann and Belcher mm-hmm. about, about them coming here. How important is that, the fact that, players are willing to listen to you especially yeah no I want I want guys that want to be here I mean, we do we, we, we want we want guys that want to be here and and it's important for um, for our players to feel like we're invested in each other and on this team and and you know certainly over the last couple of years the build has been uh, really strong we've got a lot of favorable opinions around the league about our team and about the core and about what's possible and uh, I'm not sure why you wouldn't want to be a part of it, a part of it and and obviously we're we're testing them out as much as they were testing us out. So 
Uh, we have a legitimate team. We, we, we added some experience and personality, and now we've got to go put in the work to, to make it all worth it. Is it less of a challenge to convince people to come here now? Yeah, I don't think it's, it hasn't been a challenge for me. These guys want to, they want to, I mean, how, why wouldn't you want to play with Altuve and, and Correa and George Springer and, and, and those likes? I mean, that's, that's a pretty easy sales job. AJ, you guys have had two good seasons. Um, but there's always been one team in the AL West who's been ahead of you and you, you struggle with it. To get to where you want to go, do you, do you have to fix the Rangers' problem? Mm -hmm. Do you have to at least play 500 ball against them? <clears throat> well, it depends how we play against the rest of the league. But um, I want—I certainly want us, you know, to play well against every opponent. Uh, but the, the, the AL West goes through Texas. I mean, it, it, it's their, they've won the last two seasons. They've, they've earned the distinction of, of, of entering every season as, uh, as the favorite. And, and I understand teams change and personalities change, but it's hard to deny the success that they've had, and, and not only against us, but against the rest of the league. They didn't win 90-plus games just against us. They beat a lot of other teams, too. But for us, uh, we try to win every game. We need to win as many games as we can. It certainly makes it easier if you spread out your losses and it's not to the team you're directly chasing. Um, but, but we got a different team form this year, and, and, and they'll be different, too. And, and we'll feel each other out in, in May. Do you anticipate a Springer leading off this year? I do. I think so. I mean, I, I, things can change, but I, I love his presence at the top and I, uh, speed, power, on base. He does everything you would ask out of a leadoff guy. Then, um, you know, when he's when he's going well, he's a power threat. When the when the lineup rolls around and you know whoever's hitting seventh, eighth, or ninth gets on base, we've got a legitimate middle of the order bat that's leading off. That's that's hard to come by. You've added some strong personalities to mm -hmm. this clubhouse. Are you curious to see how that unfolds in terms of what you've already had in that group and these new guys kind of coming in? <clears throat> yeah, personality is always important. And, and you know, our guys are um, do a pretty good job of, of feeding off of each other. You know, I don't I don't believe in naming a leader or a captain or, um, or but, you know, because we, we have different styles of leadership. We have Altuve who provides a, an energy and an example, unlike anybody on our team. Uh, we've, 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 you know, Beltron and his professionalism, Redick and, and, and his personality, McCann and his presence, you know, Correa and all that comes with him, Springer and, 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 and the life in him every day. Those are of the position player guys, as far as leadership goes, I just rattle off about two-thirds of our team. So I'm not sure we have to worry about um, who's going to lead as much as we have to worry about you know how to keep them on the field. Is that something as a manager you hope to influence? You those guys kind of yeah, no, I'll let it sort it out. It's there. I mean, my job is to set the expectations and 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 set the culture. Their job is to develop the chemistry, and and they're around each other more than I'm around them. You know, on their bus and on the plane and in the clubhouse. I mean, it's it's the job of the players to develop the chemistry among each other. I'm I'm here to set the culture and 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 push them in the right direction. Is it thought that uh, a byproduct possibly of that? extra competition and depth will produce a better start, a faster start. Yeah, I hope so. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, we didn't try to lose in April. Uh, we just played played well enough to lose some close games. But, um, you know, it's really about playing a complete season. I mean, I, I don't want to put so much emphasis in April as if the season is won or lost there. I know um, how difficult it is when you start 7-17, seven and 17, how to overcome that. Because any adversity, albeit injuries or underperformance, and you're, you're, you're in trouble. Uh, on the flip side of it, if you race out to a good start and don't complete the the season, that doesn't do you any good either. So what you know, we'll 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 play this whole six month schedule and 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 we'll be prepared. It's it's uh, we got to put the work in. So that was AJ Hinch, and uh, like I said, we'll go over just some of the things that he said point by point, and uh, just some of the big takeaways that I had from it. 
of course, uh, he talked for a while, so there's a, a bunch of things that other people might take away from it. But these were the big major points that I took away from uh, A.J. Hinch. Uh, he talked about how he's hoping that the younger guys are going to be pushing the vets. I mean, when you see that the team that the Astros have right now, on paper, there just isn't much room for veteran or for uh, for the younger guys to contribute. You got Jake Marisnik, you got Preston Tucker, AJ Reed, Tyler White, uh, Marwin Gonzalez. I don't really consider a younger guy. I feel he's going to get plenty of reps as it is. But th- those guys, aside from uh, Marwin Gonzalez, are going to need to push the the vets if they want any at-bats in this upcoming season. And they've shown in the past that they can do it. Uh, A.J. Reed, most of his stuff was down the minors. Same with Preston Tucker. Uh, they're going to have to show during spring training that they can that they deserve some A.B.s. I don't really worry so much about Jake Marisnik because I feel like he's going to be more of a defensive replacement anyways. He's not going to get as many A.B.s as he's going to get innings this year. I think he's going to get plenty of innings. But uh, So that was pretty much what he said about that. Um, not really sure what other super young guys there are that kind of like are on the non-roster invitee uh, list that could get a look like uh, Tyler White last year came came in and totally shocked the world and earned himself a roster spot and then kind of, you know, he didn't do too well when he got into the regular season. But I'm not sure who that could be this season. I think there's no roster spots for any of those guys. I could be wrong. But I don't think there's any roster spots for a non-roster invitee to make the roster, at least on the uh, position side, aside from uh, catch uh, pitcher and uh, starting a pitcher and reliever, starting pitcher and reliever. Jesus. Uh, so uh, AJ Hinch also uh, talked about the closer role. He didn't really, of course, uh, I didn't nail him down hardly, hard. I just kind of uh, threw it in there, like, hey, uh, so who's gonna close? Um, it was more of an inside joke because uh, he kind of mentioned it during the luncheon that uh, that was going to be a big, big thing this year. And uh, I was just like, well, hey, who's going to close? And uh, while he went into a long, convoluted answer, it, he did kind of mention that it, it sounded like in a perfect world, he would have Ken Giles be the main guy. And I understand that in a perfect world, Ken Giles probably should. But he also kind of mentioned that, I mean, you could also see um, Will Harris getting uh, getting saves. You can see Luke Gregerson getting saves. I'm fine with any of those three guys getting saves as long as one of them ends up taking the damn job. Someone hold on to the job. There's no reason that the Astros this upcoming season should have 10 guys or no, excuse me, had three guys getting 10 or more saves like they did this season. They've got plenty of elite arms in the bullpen, plenty of guys that can close. They need to have someone step up and do the job. They're probably hoping it will be Ken Giles. I'm fine with that, so we'll move on. Uh, the question was also asked about Lance McCullers and Dallas Keuchel's health. And it really seems that the Astros are are okay with with their health right now. Um, it doesn't seem like they're going to do very, uh, pitch very many innings uh, during spring training, but uh, they're going to save up all that arm strength for uh, for the regular season. Uh, I wouldn't expect, I guess, uh, them to get more than 10, 15 innings in uh, in spring training. Um, 
I did ask Jeff Luno, and we'll play that on a Monday or Tuesday, but Jeff Luno did say that they will pitch during spring training. They're just not entirely sure how many innings they will pitch. Um, of course, no, uh, it wasn't announced if Keuchel's going to be uh, the day one opening day starter, but I imagine if he's uh, if he makes it healthy through spring training that he's going to be the day uh, opening day starter. Uh, so good news uh, with McCullers and uh, Keuchel. Both are uh, healthy-ish as they're going into spring training, getting healthier as they're going into spring training. They're both throwing off the mound, so that's a... Uh, that's positive news. Uh, also, a question was asked about, um, you know, just the op- I asked a question about the optimism heading into heading into camp. And, of course, you know, A.J. Hinch kind of downplayed that. But he did mention, you know, just how high in general he is on the veterans that he has around the team. And, and why shouldn't he? He's got so many good veterans on the team. Josh Reddick, Carlos Beltran, Brian McCann, Nori Aoki. He's got so many guys with so much experience on the team that is only going to be uh, only going to work in the team's favor. Uh, it's only going to be uh, uh, good things for him. I see nothing bad from all the veterans that the Astros have on the team. Uh, so while he, while AJ Hinch may have downplayed the optimism heading into spring training. I'll play it up for AJ Hinch. It's insane. The Astros are going to be amazing this upcoming season. Uh, definitely very hyped about the upcoming season, as should uh, most of the people that are interested in the Astros. Uh, you're going to have lots of stuff to be rooting for. Uh, barring any uh, major setbacks, the Astros are definitely going to be a very, very interesting team this upcoming season for a uh, good reason. Uh, one of the other things that uh, Hinch mentioned was uh, uh, this was uh, kind of what my my colleague over at Sports Radio 610, uh, Alex Del Barrio, uh, asked him about was uh, Brian McCann. Uh, the Astros kind of had to recruit Brian McCann because I don't know if you remember, Brian McCann actually had a no trade clause. So he could have waved. He could have just said, <laughs> no, I'm not going to the Astros. Uh, but. Brian McCann kind of saw what the Astros had, and it didn't hurt that the Astros had a catching job for him, waiting for him. So, I mean, that 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 was part of it. But it's kind of nice to see a veteran uh, wave his no-trade clause and come to the Astros. And it's kind of a sign that maybe the the it's starting to tilt in the Astros' favor a little bit. Uh, because in years past, it seems that free agents or or uh, or people that could have been traded to the Astros uh, have have spurned them because they don't want to come to the Astros because they're a team on that that's not there yet. You know, they're a super young team and they've got years to go. Uh, the best example of this is um, is uh, uh, Andrew Miller. He had a chance to come to the Astros and the Astros even will uh, pay a higher price to get Andrew Miller. He ended up turning him down. And going to a different team, while that worked out for him, he, he was fine where he was. He could have been helpful for the Astros, too. Imagine having Andrew Miller right now. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Or was it, I think it was Andrew Miller. It was one of the one of the Yankees pitchers. Uh, it was either Andrew Miller or was it Dave Robertson? I think it was Andrew Miller. Uh, man, I feel bad I'm drawing a blank on that. Um, but everyone knows what I'm talking about. It was a couple years ago. It was um, the Astros seemed like they were in on. OK, now that now that's really kind of bugging me. OK, OK, hold on one second. We're going to do a live look. 
No. Yeah, it was Andrew Miller. Uh, oh, yeah. So where was I? Oh, yeah. So Andrew Miller turned him down. And he ended up going to um, going to the uh, Orioles and, uh, you know, it worked out for him. It was fine. Um, but he could have had a lot of success here with the Astros as well. So another example was when the Astros were trying to grab Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels had a no trade clause, but waived it to go to the Rangers instead of the Astros. When at the time, the Rangers and the Astros were pretty much on the same level. The Astros had more youth while the Rangers had a little bit more veterans, which will hurt the Rangers eventually. Um, so Hamels chose to go to the Rangers um, just because, I guess, they had more veterans and he could, they were more of a sure thing to make the, make the playoffs that year while the Astros had more of a young and up-and-coming team. And while they were... On, on the track to make the playoffs, it was kind of, you weren't really sure how they were going to do because they were so young. And I guess, uh, I guess Hamels was just like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to hitch my wagon to the veterans and uh, screw the, screw the young guys. So it's kind of nice to see it start trending back in the Astros directions to where veterans um, might be starting to choose the Astros. I mean, look at Carlos Beltran, perfect example. Uh, he could have gone anywhere any of the 30 teams, and yet he chose the Houston Astros. Maybe a little bit of sentiment, sentiment for him, uh, kind of end his career where it started. Uh, where it started, well, I guess where the legend of Carlos Beltran started was here in Houston, and that one fateful, uh, amazing playoff run uh, in 04, 05, 04? I think it was 04. Uh, it was kind of where the legend of Carlos Beltran grew. So maybe this, this is you know, where the Astros are starting to become the it team in baseball. Uh, another kind of thing that got my interest from AJ Hinch was he kind of mentioned and he didn't really mention it. He straight out said that, you know, the, the road through the playoffs or the road to the playoffs is pretty much through the AL West, uh, Texas Rangers, the, you know, they've won the division the last two years. They have earned the right. I know I'm kind of parroting everything A.J. Hinch, to, Hinch said, but, you know, it's it's kind of like, like the Patriots. And um, I hate to comp- I hate so much to compare the Texas Rangers to the New England Patriots for many of reasons. Well, they are not in the same league at all. But in, in this sense, that until you beat the Patriots— no one is going to say that you're going to beat the Patriots. And until the Astros can beat the Rangers, no one is going to say they're going to beat the Rangers, nor believe them. I believe in the past two seasons, the Astros might have won 10 games against the Texas Rangers, and I think they won four games against them last year. And that is com- the only reasons the Astros... The only reason, pretty much, the Astros missed the playoffs last year is because they could not buy wins against the Texas Rangers. So if the Astros are going to be any good this year, they're going to be any good at all this year, they're going to have to win more than four games against the Texas Rangers. If they don't win more than four games against the Texas Rangers, they better win 70% of their games against the rest of the league. That's pretty much how it's going to have to work. You play so many games against the Rangers, you have to figure out how to beat them this year. They have more ammo, more weapons to be able to do it. And uh, hopefully they will be able to steal some against the Texas Rangers. Cause it'll be very, very disappointing if they only win a few games against the Texas Rangers again. I don't see that happening, but um, 
AJ Hinch mentioned it, you know, the road through the playoffs to the playoffs is for the Rangers. And if the Astros want to be a good team this year, it's going to be through the Texas Rangers. Uh, last bit of uh, just just a nugget that I that I got from uh, AJ Hinch in the in that uh, that clip that I played you was uh, much to my chagrin and uh, me wanting Jose Altuve to lead off for the Houston Astros and how amazing it would be to have Jose Altuve back at the top. It seems that AJ Hinch is going to go with George Springer. And that's fine, George Springer. He was, he was, it, he seemed to be a spark plug there at uh, leadoff uh, last year when he got on base. It it really seemed to kind of juicy Astros up. And I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but I feel like when he got a hit and he was leading off, I feel like the Astros won more games than not. And it just really felt like that. There was a lot of juice in the building whenever Springer would lead off and get a hit. Um, so, I mean, I can't complain with it too much. It's fine. But I was really hoping that when I asked uh, AJ Hinch that he was going to go, you know what? I'm not really sure about that quite yet. And while he did mention that, you know, things can ha- can change, he pretty much gave a gave a pretty big endorsement for Springer leading off. Uh, so my hopes of Jose Altuve being the leadoff man is uh, is dying a, a quick death. Uh, I imagine he'll probably uh, bat third again this year, which is fine. It's completely fine. It enhances his MVP status if he if he's able to get over 100 RBIs batting third. Um, but I was hoping, I was dreaming that AJ Hinch would have blown me off on that question. I appreciate him for answering me. I appreciate that. But I was hoping he would have kind of played a little bit close to the vest and, and let me believe that Jose Altuve had a chance to return back to leadoff. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much all I got from, uh, Jeff Luno from AJ Hinch. Uh, we'll play uh Jeff Luno on a uh, Monday or Tuesday. Um, so we're going to end the podcast like we always do. Uh, I appreciate you all for giving this a listen. We're going to go to the stat of the day, which is brought to you by absolutely nobody other than the number 55. And that 55 represents the 55 strikeouts that Nori Aoki has had since he's entered the league at uh okay, let me let me redo that again. In since he's entered the league, Nori Aoki has faced 4207 fastballs. And in that time, he has a 331 batting average, which is fine. You you'd expect that off a of fastball. Um but he's only struck out 55 times. Now, let me put that in a little perspective for you. Chris Carter has faced a little bit fewer fastballs, 4,089 fastballs, and he struck out on 310 of them. And Jose Altuve has faced just a tiny bit more in 4,408 fastballs, and he struck out on 92 of them. Nori Aoki is a goddamn non-strikeout machine. He is the anti-Chris Carter. And finding someone that strikes out a lower percentage than Jose Altuve is going to be bananas. I wonder if he's going to bat ninth. I bet he does. I bet he bats ninth whenever he's in the lineup. Um, So, yeah, I thought that was a little bit interesting. Um, 
I was certainly shocked to see it. I thought he was going to be at or near the level of Jose Altuve, but to find out that he was drastically lower, 40 strikeouts less than Jose Altuve, it was uh, it was definitely interesting to see. Uh, the batting average uh, for Jose Altuve, another uh, 322 uh, to where uh, Norioki is 331. So, uh, pitchers, please throw Norioki fastballs when you come to Houston. Hey, and having him maybe bat ninth if, uh, if you're going to have Brian McCann bat eighth and George Springer bat ninth or bat first, maybe that is going to feed Norioki a bunch of fastballs. So that he might, uh, he might do pretty decently in the nine hole if he, if he does get a lot of ABs there. Um, so that's pretty much all I had for today's podcast. I appreciate you all for giving this a listen. Once again, my name is Josh Reese. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Joshua. If you have Houston Astros friends, let me uh, say that again and yell again. If you have Houston Astros friends out there that love Houston Astros talks, I would talk. I would appreciate you for sharing this podcast with them. Hopefully you find this a little mildly entertaining and, uh, We'll be back with you next week, and uh, we'll let you listen to what Jeff Luno had to say before he left for spring training. So with that said, Houston, I am out, and I will see you next week.